We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. <sighs> Welcome to the show. It is Maggie and Perloff. We're across the country on CBS Sports Radio. We are on YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Come on in. Say hi to us in the chat and... You got Micah Parsons now trying to walk things back on Twitter. Stop me if you've heard that one before. I like Parsons because he says what he thinks. Now, you're going to have to follow me on this one just a little bit. This all started with the general manager of the Buffalo Bills. Or excuse me. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills, Brandon Bean. I promise you we will get to Micah Parsons' role in this in just a moment. Brandon Bean, in his uh, you know end-of-the-season press conference, was asked about the amount of wide receiver talent on the Cincinnati Bengals, and he gave this response. No, they have a good team. I mean, um, they right now are on the advantage of a rookie quarterback contract. They had some lean years, and I don't want to suck bad enough to have to get Jamar Chase. Like, he's a heck of a talent. I'd love to have him, but you gotta, you got to go through some lean years to do, to do that. Okay, so that obviously got a lot of yeah, a lot of response. It Not just, good for Brandon Bean. He just, got widely ripped for that, although he speaks the truth. Yeah, and it now it sort of speaks the truth. Listen, I, let's pause on Bean for a second, then we'll get to Michael Parsons. But I think what Bean was saying is kind of what we've all said, and it's not even a hot take. Once you start to pay your quarterback it becomes a little bit harder to surround your team with talent. Yes. But what Bean is saying is not only have they paid the quarterback, they've paid Stephon Diggs, they've paid Tredavious White, they paid Von Miller. So it's not just about the corner or the quarterback, it's about all these other places where they've spent money. So if you're going to add a Jamar Chase-like talent at the top of the draft of the first round, something would really have to go sideways. Now, in some Which ways, is ridiculous because it's not how any of the four remaining teams are built like that. No, it it's not. I, I get where he was coming from, but to say when you, Cincinnati just kicked your butt, to say we don't want to have to suck that bad to be Cincinnati. He's not talking about the current team. He's talking about the losing that they did and got Burrow and got Chase. It, it just didn't come off great. It well, sounded like sour grapes, but I... Well, here's what's so stupid about it. Yeah. Your job as a general manager is to make the most out of the picks you have, not make an excuse. There are Jamar Chase is such a unicorn. None of the receivers that do really well in the NFL are from the top five picks. It's rare. Tyreek Hill is a third rounder. Devontae Adams is a second rounder. The good GMs find these receivers. So that was why that didn't make any sense. That's not really even how the Bengals are built by top five picks. There's no top five picks on any of the Eagles. Who's their top five pick? Lane Johnson is, I think, the the only top five pick on that entire team, and that was 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, Burrow is the number one overall pick. Well, Bur- the Bengals have Burrow and Chase, but even yeah. them, they wasted a million top five picks through the years. Okay, so how this gets to the Cowboys and to Micah Parsons and now the social media firestorm that he lit is that Micah Parsons responded to a video that video of Brandon Bean and said, quote, tweeted it. And he said, quote, besides Mahomes, every team in the final four QB, in the final four, the QB is on a rookie deal and surrounded by talent. Hmm. Interesting take. Now, what a lot of people, and I understand maybe why Cowboys fans, 
maybe thought, is that a shot at not just Dak Prescott, but Jerry Jones, how this team is built? Is he implying that the Cowboys don't have enough talent? And he had to walk it back and basically said, you know, I'm not talking about Dak. When I get paid, I'm going to want a big contract too. Everyone stop reaching. But, I mean. Wait, you didn't read the curse word. Did I didn't want to read the curse okay, word. Okay, yeah. I was curious how you were going to handle that one. I'm not. Well done. <laughs> it's a misspelled curse word, but I think I'd still get fined by the FCC. So I think people are missing some of the context of Micah Parsons' comment. Now, Micah Parsons, like your co-host, is a huge system quarterback guy. He has been on the record multiple times talking about how the system supports a quarterback and not vice versa. Yeah. If you recall, he told Von Miller that Jalen Hurts wasn't that good. Yes. It's a team around him. And that was the other social media hailstorm he had to walk back. And he's had, he's had a few other ones. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty great. But I think his point is completely valid. And I've said this to you all year. The Cowboys roster is not great. You can't. You can't basically and pay Ezekiel Elliott, pay Dak Prescott, pay Demarcus Lawrence. They ended up being really thin. They had to let Amari Cooper go. So I think he he's accurate. I don't think he should have. Maybe a player shouldn't be saying this, but he's right. Basically, the Cowboys didn't have enough money to build out their entire team, and yet we expected this team to reach the Super Bowl. So, I mean, he's probably right. Okay, but see, this is the disconnect that you and I go through a lot with the Dallas Cowboys. You say they're not a talented roster. No, they're talented, but they're not Super Bowl talented. Okay. They're not Final Four talented. Well, then how are they talented enough to have one of the top defenses in the league and one of the top offenses in the league? Like, we talk about why they're home and you know why they're not playing in the, in the Final Four, so to speak, is because Dak Prescott didn't have a good game where he threw two interceptions, offense couldn't get going, and ultimately San Francisco edged him out. We talk about coaching. But throughout the season... They obviously had enough talent to have one of the top in both units. Both sides of the ball were one of the tops in the league. They had, they had an easy schedule, and they weren't. Listen, their defense was good, but it was definitely no San Francisco. How can you separate the fact that they were playing San Francisco? They had just slaughtered Tampa Bay the week before. So they they do have some talent. They were like the Bills. They have final eight talent. They don't have final four talent. Do you think the Cowboys match up with the Niners talent-wise? Give me a position that they're better than the Niners at. I, I mean, if Dak doesn't throw those two picks, especially one in the red zone, they're right in that game. Nah, that's because the Niners caught off the dogs. But tell me, <laughs> or, seriously, where, where is? I mean, there's so many more Pro Bowlers in in San Francisco. Where is the talent edge for the Cowboys there? Look at the Cowboys receivers. They have Ceedee Lamb, Noah Brown. And half of Michael Gallup compared to Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. Well, Tony Pollard was a great weapon all year, yeah. both running the ball and catching the ball, and he got hurt in the game. Yeah. I mean, maybe if Pollard doesn't go out of the game, maybe it's totally different. But you're right. San Francisco had the edge and the talent. Because but, they have a, they have rookie quarterbacks. I know, but also, but, but like, <laughs> they weren't planning for Brock Purdy to be the guy. But they, it was going to be Trey Lance, but then even that didn't work out, so it was going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. They were paying something to the quarterback. Like, it should have been a no-doubt, hands-down advantage for Dallas to have the advantage at the quarterback in that game, and they didn't. Well, that's and because, that's, the, that's the thing why people, I think, why Cowboys fans are ticked off, is because you've got a $45 million, $40 million quarterback in Dak Prescott, and Brock Purdy was just as effective. I totally disagree with that. What if you put Dak Prescott in the Niners uniform and you put Brock Purdy in the Cowboys uniform? What right if there? I put Kyle Shanahan with the Dallas Cowboys and I put Mike McCarthy with the San Francisco 49ers? I've, Same rosters. What do you think happens? I mean, the best part by 50 miles of San Francisco's team is their defense. So I'm not sure what difference it makes. Honestly, I, I think Dak, if Dak was the Niners quarterback, they would have won that game by two touchdowns. 
Dak would kill it in that system. Well, I mean, anyone can kill it in that but system. That, that's Case my in point. point, Brock, if Brock Purdy. Purdy was going against San Francisco and he was the Cowboys quarterback, that might have gotten ugly fast. Honestly, because Brock Purdy was spinning out of tackles, Bosa would have chased him down and eaten him for lunch. Listen, and Bosa it, might chase down and eat Jalen Hurts for lunch. I mean, that's just how good the defense is. We talked to Brian Robinson. That's why Dak Prescott's struggles were a lot about the defense he was facing. Look what he did the week before to Tampa. I know, Brock Purdy's not doing that. But Perloff, like, the thing is, is if you're going to pay the quarterback that much, you can't just say, well, he looks great when he goes against a bad defense. That's the thing. If you are if you have a franchise guy, you're hoping he elevates you against a good defense. Maybe that's not possible with the 49ers. Maybe they buzzsaw their way through this and they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, they might be the 2,000 Ravens. They, this it, could be an all-time defense. They, they have Bosa, Fred Warner, Eric Armstead. I mean, they are... This is a real thing. It's the real deal, and maybe then we'll look back and say, hey, if you even hang in, hung in there with the 49ers, tip our cap to you. But that's why I'm. That's why Cowboys fans are ticked off. They're like, man, we're paying this guy all that much, and look at he disappointed. It's the same with Josh Allen. He's getting paid a lot. He no-showed in a playoff game. Like You're going to get upset when that happens with your high-paid people. See, I didn't see were people mad at Josh Allen. Yeah, it was a bad Josh Allen game. Of course yeah, they were. Yeah, I, I just felt like. Bills fans knew it was a snowy game, and then nobody had their footing. And I have not seen a lot of yeah, Josh Allen. Joe back. Burrow had his footing the whole game. That's the thing I'm just talking about. Yeah. It doesn't have to be either Josh or Dak or whatever. It's the guys who get paid a lot. We expect more from them. I I don't know. I I think San Francisco is going to prove probably prove a lot. I'm very curious how Jalen Hurts does. Here's the biggest problem with San Francisco: is they completely shut down everyone's run game. So quarterbacks are sitting there in third and eight yep. against that pass rush. Yeah, I think Dak, by the way, did some good things against San Francisco. There were periods of the game where he looked really good. Then at the end, when they were desperate to score and they had to make that long field, he misses uh, Michael Gallup 40 yards downfield when he had about a half a second to throw. It got hard for Dak because the, the Niners that were had a touchdown lead. They were protecting the end zone. I don't know. I feel like Dak is getting way too much criticism. And I think if Jalen Hurts struggles, then we'll give Dak a break. Isn't that funny? If 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 the no, Niners stop the Hertz Eagles, is still on the rookie deal. That's no, what the I mean, conversation's about, right? If the Niners stuff the Eagles, then we'll go back and say, oh, okay, well, that's why the Cowboys lost because the Niners are, as you said, a buzzsaw. Yeah. Which is possible. It's possible. Maybe we'll think about it a little bit differently. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We just talked to Brian Robinson, by the way, who was running back for the Washington Commanders. He was excellent. But he said he's played against both the 49ers and the Eagles. Yeah, what was that about? about their defense. (laughs) Well, obviously, he's going to play against the Eagles twice a year. No, I know, but what he said really alarmed me. Yeah, I mean, he was like, yeah, you know, the Eagles defense is good, but those 49ers, (laughs) like, that's not a joke. I mean, he really, like, took an inhale and an exhale, like he got transported back to the game and, like, remembered a big hit, you know, from Fred Warner or something. Yeah, that was a a little disturbing because just in a vacuum, that makes it sound like the Eagles, who've been relying on the run game, are going to have trouble doing that against San Francisco yeah, I I think that in that, if, if but then it goes back to Hurts' shoulder and how good is yeah. it? And if San Francisco get... wins this game, I am telling you right now, to justify my Eagles loss, I will take it to mean that Dak Prescott wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you're going to make honestly, yourself sleep at night? I just think that the Niners' defense is so good that I don't think you could separate what, Dak, what happened to Dak Prescott on Sunday. I know he played really poorly. I know he made two big mistakes. Yeah. It's hard, though. It, it's easy for us to sit here. We're not about to get destroyed by a blitzing safety. So, anyway, that's my quarterback defense of the well, day. Well, it's not going to get any easier for him moving forward. And if the Cowboys ever want to win a Super Bowl, and if you want to do it with Dak Prescott... 
to say like, hey, that you got to the final eight and you know what? That was probably as far as you were supposed to go. Well, that's alarming because well, if he Cowboys had... fans don't want the final eight. They want the Super Bowl and we can't just keep letting Dak off the hook every time you run into a good defense. Like, newsflash, you're going to run into them every year. Well, what if he had three good receivers and if they had money to pay? What if he had Amari Cooper alone there? I mean, he... By the end of the game, there's only one person he could throw to. There's only one person he trusted, C.D. Lamb. It was Lamb, 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 for good reason. Yeah. The other receivers and running backs didn't do anything. Zeke couldn't even catch the ball. So I think the, the, point, the original point by Brandon Bean is these quarterbacks are partly defined by the talent around them. And Dallas needs more talent. I think Buffalo needs more talent. Yep. I'm sorry, the Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Cole Beasley off the street. That didn't cut it. No, remember it was like the flirtation, like maybe with Odell they brought him in. Now you know why. Maybe they should have brought, well, he was not going to be ready. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sean is in Oregon. First up here on the show. What's up, Sean? Man, you guys keep digging on the Cowboys, don't you? You know, what about Schultz? You know, Schultz makes Schultz. He's the one that caught the touchdown. Yeah. You know, and Dak just didn't make the throws. We you forget know, about Schultz. That, He's a good tight end. He is, you know, and it's just like that when people say that that uh, Tom Brady didn't have nobody to throw to. He had Gronk to throw to. He didn't need nobody else hardly up there, right? And But I want to talk to about Romeo Dobbs. You guys just had that interview with him? Yeah. That was a great interview, you know, and, and I like him. He, he sounded great. And it sounded like he was being a little careful about how he talked about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you know, I for like sure. The way he, said, he said, oh, me and Aaron Rodgers, we're solid. But then, you know, he talks about Aaron Rodgers. They don't really have any kind of uh, communication. or You know, and he's not a good leader. You know, a good leader is welcoming to the newcomers. And uh, he's always brings people together. You know, I like to hear about, like, Justin Herbert having cookouts up at his place and uh, doing stuff when they have wins and just getting guys together up at his new mansion he has up there. And I know that's what I'd be doing. I'd be, like, all about that. You know, I, I worked for a company one time, and, and the guy says, yeah, we don't, we don't have Christmas parties. I go, well, you do now. <laughs> I go, everybody's invited over to my place. That's awesome. You know, Sean, excellent call. Thank you for making it. You're a loyal listener and caller to the show. And I thought this was, this was one of your best calls yet because, and thank you for making it, because Romeo Dobbs was right. I mean, or he just, he wasn't right. He just answered the question, which was, I asked, give me one instance of hanging out with Aaron Rodgers outside of the facility. And he didn't have anything except for a Halloween party that the whole team was invited to. And, you know, I'm, I used to do a show with Bart Scott in New York a long time ago. And Bart used to have players over on Monday nights to his house. When you're not playing on Monday night football, everyone come over, hang at my house, and let's just get some pizzas and stuff and chill. And I'm I'm not surprised that Rodgers doesn't do that, but with a team that was young with a rookie receiving core, maybe that's an olive branch that you want to extend. Like, hey, come to my house. Let's just talk about something other than football. Uh, have you ever seen interviews or know anything about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> what are you saying? This is uh, not his MO? As you said, uh, that w- wouldn't it be more surprising to you if Aaron Rodgers had all of the rookie receivers over to his house for Monday night? You're right. Of course he should. That's what teammates do. But it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't surprise me that Aaron Rodgers doesn't do that. Damn. Yeah. And <laughs> by the way, when Sean says you're bearing the cat, we're bearing the Cowboys. I'm not bearing the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. I mean, no. Perloff's defending Dak Prescott. You I know just- I'm sorry, I just remember all the stories of Tom Brady. Like, he went to Tampa, and he was, like, hanging out with all the guys, throwing balls, inviting them over to his house. Byron Leftwich got into his house and actually got into trouble for 
hanging out with him and giving him a playbook early. Uh, Antonio Brown lived with him. Yeah, Antonio that, Brown lived with him. That was, by the way, the last teammate he had lived with him. After that, <laughs> yeah. like, after that, there hasn't been a player in his yeah. house since then. Antonio ruined it for everybody. And, and, and there was that other rookie, the, the kid from North Texas, Jaden, uh, uh, some other kid. Uh, it was like a rookie from North Texas who was like a sixth-round or undrafted player that Brady took under his wing and was teaching him and staying late at practice. Like, that's the difference. If you have to ask me, we asked that question yesterday, Brady or Rodgers, I'm taking Brady every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Yeah. There was also, though, a famous story about Brady. I don't know if it's true. It's a little reckless speculation on my part, but it's been repeated enough times. No one's ever debunked it. But you, I'm sure you've heard the story, too, about when Brady was in New England, that the backup quarterbacks got one question a one week. One question, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those things that's like an urban myth at this point. Urban legend, I guess. That seems... Uh, unlike Brady, because Brady, every teammate says glowing things about him. Yeah, and it seems like someone who it's like, he might as well be wearing a t-shirt that says, like, ask me about football. Yeah. You know? Yes. I think it's different, though, like, you know, not being super supportive of your backup who can take your job versus being super supportive with, like, young receivers. Your receivers who you're, you're counting to. on. Exactly. Yeah, That's a little true. bit different, I think. Also, I left out the part in the Bart Scott story where they all went to a strip club. That was really the story. There you story. go. Ask me one question. <laughs> Let's go. Can we go to strip club? Yes. And they're there. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think they caught the second half of Monday Night Football. Maybe I remember that story correctly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'll text them. Then there are kind of players. There's a lot of players who do Bible study together, the exact opposite. That's true. And that's a huge thing in NFL locker rooms. Let's let 30 guys yeah. go Tuesday night to someone's house. Which is Team good. Team building. Bonding. I, I mean, it's good. And Aaron Rodgers is definitely not doing that. <laughs> no, I doubt it. 855-212-4CBS. I mean, he's a spiritual guy. I don't know if he's religious, but he's spiritual. Yeah, Tuesday night ayahuasca trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that will lead to some interesting questions. 855-212-4CBS. We see you guys on the phones. We promise we will get to you. Coming up as well, Brian Kelly, big accounting error. <laughs> Someone was rounding up. We'll tell you why he is scrambling now. More Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. We're on Sirius XM. Of course, we're on the free Odyssey app, and we are streaming live YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I don't know how, Maggie, but somehow I've become a Dak Prescott defender. Yeah. Which is odd because I grew up hating the Cowboys. Now I'm a little more ambivalent, although having the Cowboys beat the Eagles in the playoffs was my worst nightmare. I would have rather had the Eagles lose to the Giants than go to the championship game. I know you talked about this hypothetical for weeks. Oh, <laughs> like it, was ter- it was terrifying. It might not even happen. Keeping me up. But you said that he can't do anything about against good defenses. He was 27 for 35, 347, three touchdowns against the number two defense in the league, Philadelphia Eagles, in his last game, a team that he is completely tortured the last three years. And the Tampa Bay defense that he threw four touchdowns and no picks against was number nine in the league. Yeah, did the did, did the Bucks defense really feel like number nine this year, though? No, and the, the Eagles doesn't is nowhere near the Niners. That's my point. Yeah. The Niners are, like a, the Niners and the, are a special yeah, thing where I think, that, I think the Eagles are in a much better position because they just have so much more talent around that roster, which I admit, you told me against the Giants, but now you see it. If you have a healthy Lane Johnson 
going up against Bosa, at least you have a chance now. Where you look at the Cowboys, do they really have the weapons to take on San Francisco? Looking Turns back, out on, no. <laughs> yeah, especially when Pollard got hurt, then yeah. it was just felt too late. That's true. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. My point was just you're expecting like if you're going to run into a good defense at some point if you expect to get to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. Yeah, but so you can't just give pats on the back. Hey, congrats, you made it to the divisional round. You ran up against a good defense. Like it's going to happen every year at some at some point. No, but uh, see that's where I, I don't agree. I think this is not just a good defense. This is, looks it's like all an all-time world. defense. Yeah. Let's go to Chris is in Texas has a thought on the uh NFC Championship game. Hey Chris, what's up? Oh, no. Well, it ain't the temperature down here right now, I'll tell you that. Cold, huh? Uh, yeah, about forty-eight degrees. We're feeling for you, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Actually, you know what? In New York, it's not even cold. It snowed here for the first time yesterday. It was bizarre. Well, hopefully, you guys can stay warm. Oh yeah. Well, you know, some of them, some people may be burning some Cowboys merchandise. I don't know. <laughs> I ain't one of them. Yeah, some number because four jerseys. I four, hope not. Oh no. I, well, I only own one of the current players anyway, and that's Micah. Smart. But uh, my, most of my jerseys, I got Roger Stahl back, and I got Tony Dorsett in the old school. That's probably wise. Right. What do you think about the <laughs> NFC Championship game? Where are you going to watch uh, if it's the Eagles and the 49ers? It's got to be your worst nightmare. I hope they just beat the thunder out of one another <laughs> so that who, so neither one's in any shape to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm, I'm rooting for Cincinnati or Kansas City regardless. Wait, don't you want the team that beat you to go on and win no. the Super Bowl? No. Not when it's the damn 49ers. <laughs> Who do you or dislike more? Either. 49ers or Eagles? Who do you dislike more? Uh, probably Eagles since we're division rivals. And that goes back to Dick Vermeil and Harold Carmichael and those guys. There you go. Chris, well, hopefully you'll make it through the weekend. Keep rooting for the AFC. <laughs> How do you answer that question, Maggie? Do you want to see the Bengals go on to win the Super Bowl? Absolutely. Why? 100%. Makes me feel, it won't really make you feel better about your team. Like, at least you lost to the eventual chance. Yeah, I think so, too. I think I think that way as well. It's such a loser's lament, though. It's such a lame yeah. thing, but <laughs> I guess it's who I am. Wait, and were you trying to defend Brandon Bean for saying that the Bengals were won the game basically because they got really, really bad and got Jamar Chase. No, that's not the reason why they won the game. They won the Bills didn't show up in the game. They don't deserve our sympathy on this. But do you, but you think there's a talent deficit in Buffalo compared to Cincinnati? I did not going into the game. I did not think yeah. there was a talent deficit. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure now. <laughs> I'm rethinking everything. I thought it too. You know what struck me as funny about that comment? He's got Stefan Diggs and what's and Jamar? Paid him. Yes, I, I felt like it was such an odd comment because you have Diggs, yeah. who was not a first top five pick. He was a fourth rounder, actually, but he traded for him. I, I don't know. It just struck me as such an odd, odd thing. I think he didn't think that out. Maybe not. I mean, he's talking off the cuff. Listen, I, I do think there was a part of it, and we'll move on to Brian Kelly in a moment, but I think there was a part of it, and nobody's talking about it because it would seem like an excuse. But I do think there was an emotional element I mean, they just didn't play oh, well. Yeah, them not showing up in the game. I, I, just at whether it was that game, it could have been Miami. You saw flashes of it. I think after the Demar Hamlin situation, I just think it zapped everybody. And like they played not well against Miami. They almost lost to a third string quarterback. 
That was the red flag. And I, I just think it took too much out of them. But they won't say that. They won't make excuses for it. And I understand why. What if someone said they, they haven't really hit on all these defensive picks? They'd be right. Yeah. But there's still plenty of talent on the defense. Like, they should have been in that game more. Yeah, yeah. No, no doubt. I totally agree. All right, let's get to Brian Kelly because this is hilarious. Now, I thought you defending Dak Prescott was going to be, like, your one big stand for the week. Yeah. But now I find you are defending Brian Kelly. And listen, Kelly did a fantastic job at LSU year one. I wasn't a believer in the beginning of the season. Turned me into a believer. Going for two against Bama, beating them. It was inspired. It was it was great. It's awesome uh, that that's going to be a true rivalry again. Um, but this story is ridiculous. So it turns out that LSU mistakenly overpaid Brian Kelly by not $5, not 10 not a rounding era, error. A million dollars. They overpaid him by a million dollars, okay? It was a state audit that was published this week where they were sending contract, they were sending paychecks to Brian Kelly and his LLC. So he was getting double paid. And apparently, he didn't notice. <laughs> what a privileged place to be. <laughs> I hope at some point we're all in a position where we don't notice whether or not we're getting an extra like $500,000 in our bank accounts after taxes. Okay. But that's 1% of his salary. If you got an extra 1% of your 10-year contract, he has no, you think he's monitoring what's coming into his LLC and his personal account? He has no idea. He probably thought that, oh, that's some money that I'm due later and it's coming in. There's no way he would be able to keep track of this. <laughs> Wait a minute, though. It's he When he got the $100 million, it was $100 million, right, for LSU? I, I think it might have been just a tad below, but something about about $100 million, 10 years, I think. Okay, but they don't give you all that in a lump sum. Right, but you have no idea. I don't think he knows his schedule of payments. He probably has no idea when the money's coming in. I have no idea. I, I barely Really, what we get paid every two weeks or something? Yeah. I can't keep track of that, and I don't make anywhere near that. <laughs> you don't keep track. Like I think this is what this story has illuminated is that there's two kinds of people in this world. There's people who don't pay attention to their paychecks. You know, just come in and like you have them go into certain things. You're paying your bills. You're giving money to your family, whatever. And then there's people who are like down to the penny know exactly what they're getting. And I think we just found out what kind of guy you are. Well, do you think Brian Kelly is cashing a paycheck? He has no, no idea. it's direct deposit, but you can look on it. You, you don't you have Brian, an app that has your bank all, account he's on already it? Earned, he's already a millionaire many times over from yeah. Notre Dame, probably. I'm sure. He probably does not. I guarantee he doesn't look on a daily basis. He doesn't have to. He's got so much money in the bank. What's the point? Well, I always find the people who have the most money are the ones who are keeping tabs on it so much. It's no. like you've got financial. Well, actually, a lot of athletes I know get ripped off and stuff by agents and stuff like that. But that would be another reason why you want to keep an eye on it is because I'd be afraid, you know, where's my money going? You know, are people trying to rip me off? Are people trying to? But I, I feel like when you say me? the story is a million dollars, that's nothing to him. That's 1% of his total salary. 10% of his yearly salary was miss. He probably thought, okay, this money is from, you know, it's from, Speak, for next speaking year. engagement. <laughs> no, it's for next year. Why would he keep track of this? You really think he's sitting there? Even now, he's probably like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but, what now? Family? So, so part of it, like, to Perlow's point, outside of, like, looking at your pay stub, like, I see what goes into my bank account every two weeks, and, like, I know what my annual salary is, but I'm not doing the math in my head to break down what the taxes are, what, like, my retirement thing is, and what No, I all know, these. but... So I don't know, like, like I could be... I, I could have been getting underpaid from 
Odyssey for a decade and not even know or overpaid. I would have no idea. Right, right. That might be true. But if you have, if you're getting the same amount each time and then all of a sudden it balloons up, like you notice the change. And I think that's what happened here, right? I thought that it was like all of a sudden it, they noticed that like in November it was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, he probably just figured, you know what? I, I, yeah. Maybe they, they love they, me they that much. Yeah, they appreciated <laughs> The SEC title game. No, no, no. <laughs> I guarantee this story is the first he's heard of this. He had no idea. No clue. He had no... His LLC? You think Brian Kelly's keeping track of what his LLC I is mean, making? I he might want to now to have a story like this comes out. I'd, and also, a million dollars for a college coach. So this, <laughs> now, the more important question that, is, if that this is, happens to you, yeah. are you voluntarily going back to your employer or whoever and saying, here's the money back? Or are you waiting for them to come to you? What? And you know they're going to come to you. So, of course you're not. Well, you know they're going to come to you, but you might, like, you know, hold out a little hope. Like, maybe someone in accounting <laughs> just sort of overlooked it. Man, what do you do? Do you go to your employer and say, hey, by the way, you gave me double paycheck this week? I think if it's double the paycheck, it's noticeable. They're probably going to notice. I, if it's an extra $100 or 200 bucks, like, my, maybe you let it go. My first thought would be, okay, the scheduling changed for this period, and they're paying me this and this for some reason. Okay. I would, would you think? We're going to Vegas. Could, yeah. Could you <laughs> so you're telling me for 52 weeks a year, you know exactly. And I, I know you have a similar pay structure to me. Yeah. You're telling me that sometimes things show up in there that you're not quite sure what it is? Um, yeah, I can give you an example. I mean, I'm not going to tell you the amount. But we got a little extra do re me for going to Army Navy. And that just showed up. I had no idea. Okay. I had no <laughs> idea. All right. No, Alan, you didn't know. All right. Wow, that's good. <laughs> By the Congrats. way, lunch is on you. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four. I don't think you should have said that. By I'm the sorry. Way. I probably yeah, I don't know why. It feels wrong. Can you don't dump air that? my business bag? I'm sorry. It wasn't. And by the way, I don't know if we got extra do re me. Apparently, you did. I don't want to read this in the. Then yeah, I, I actually sports lost journal. money. On that. <laughs> yeah. We're charging you to go to Army Navy uh, Center. Maggie takes advantage of armed services, gets extra money. Didn't <laughs> oh, notice. No. Isn't, isn't that like you know a, a felony? I mean, she just took advantage of the federal government. I at didn't this rob them; they gave it to me. Uh -huh. Do you remember when the NFL was paying to do the reunions on field? Oh no. no, the NFL was basically the NFL was taking money from the Army and the Navy to do the flyovers and stuff, right? It, I. I think that they had some reunions, you know, where the guy. Oh gosh, I can't get the, there one of those without crying. The parents were overseas. Yeah. There, there was something that was not well received about the money because the army and the navy were marketing. Got it. Well, yeah. they advertise. They still commercials yeah, they on TV. No, no, no. They definitely do. They're big yeah. advertisers, and there's a real reason they do. They want recruits. They want talented recruits. So of it's fine. I have no problem with that. Of course, I didn't really want to advertise the fact that we were part of it but <laughs> well, there you how about go this? can you take the last five minutes of the show and just blast it into the sun <laughs> because <laughs> i don't want our boss spike eskin hearing that oh no okay <laughs> maggie oh, you're making it worse <laughs> uh, whatever santa's beginning he has no idea what's in his paycheck for all we know we could <laughs> stop paying him he would take him a year it to figure your it time. out don't worry about it Santa. i mean i bought a new porsche and everyone's like where are you getting this money from <laughs> yeah. I'm like i have no idea and also by the way and he doesn't even bother lying if the if the company double pays him he's just gonna wait till they come after him doesn't <laughs> he even walks bother in with a lying coat on it's like i'm sorry what? i mean you just said our boss's name on the air so he's definitely coming into the room in the next 30 seconds he's like where's my money Eight five five two one two. I hope you have it. Eight five five two one two four CBS. That was okay. a good spike impression, no? You know what? 
With you know, it's going to make us all feel better. <laughs> a guy who certainly doesn't know how much money is in his bank account because it's probably too much to calculate. Jim Irsay. We're going to try to save him from himself. I thought you were talking about Rich Ackerman. I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, thinking like, I know exactly Penny. I'm like, what are they talking I knew about? Ackerman I was, was like, wow, like, wow. <laughs> what do they pay Ackerman? I was thinking the same thing. Listen. I'm like, she is so off on this one. <laughs> what do they pay Leslie Visser's favorite broadcaster? Uh, it's uh, Money can't buy something like that. Exactly. 855-212-4CBS. Uh, see you guys in the chat. Coming up, of course, we'll talk about the latest coaching news. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff after this. All right, Maggie. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. No angry boss has run into the room after last segment. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> whoops. I don't know if we came off as sort of, I, I don't know, wealthy people like Brian Kelly, but believe no. me, there is not a lot of room for error in our <laughs> bank accounts. We see the rounding errors. Brian Kelly yeah. did not because apparently he was overpaid by LSU by a million dollars this year. Nobody noticed. Yeah, but you're doing a million dollars like Dr. Evil and Austin Powers won. A million dollars is... One percent of his salary. But I know, but it's a, still a lot of money. You would think you'd him. notice it. Not to him. I guess not. Uh, let's go to Timothy, who's in New York, has got a thought on wealthy people handling money. What's up, Tim? Hey, good afternoon, now, Maggie. I hate to do this to you because you're the best part of the show, but I have to disagree with you. <clears throat> I've worked in various aspects of financing in the past. I've worked in uh, captive collections. I've worked in consumer credit counseling. And pretty much if someone is successful and money is not what they're successful in, if they're successful in some type of profession like a Brian Kelly, mm-hmm. they're going to have somebody that handles their finances for them. Right. Uh, I had a I had a well-known TV personality. He came up as a first payment default on his car loan. Well, it really wasn't a first payment default, but I still had to call him and make him aware of the situation because there's reasons why a payment might not be showing as paid. And so that got rectified, but it got rectified by him telling me, call these people. <laughs> Wait, can, can we have three guesses? And if we guess right, will you tell us if we got it right? No, I can't for confidentiality purposes. <sighs> I can Darn it. Okay. <laughs> but but the, the point is that it, it, I cannot imagine that Brian Kelly is concerning himself with the details of his finances because he's concerned with winning football games yeah, and drives him. And that's his passion. I'm sure he found someone that he trusted an agency or a CPA or someone that he trusted to take care of the matter. So I know, really, but Timothy, I don't think that person is, is holding, you know, their end of the bargain because if you pay somebody then and it's their business, then they should probably notice he's getting paid twice. Right. Oh, I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying, you know, put it in perspective. I don't think it's Brian Kelly here. I mean, ultimately, yeah. he's responsible, yeah. But but, but it's someone else. Okay, Timothy. I, I believe he probably trusted somebody else, yeah. Wolf Blitzer? I'm just kidding. Probably <laughs> Not Wolf no, Blitzer, okay. <laughs> Timothy, thank you so much for the call, clearing that up. Just trying to guess the personality. Yeah, Timothy sounds like a blast at parties. Consumer it credit like counseling some... stories, anonymous. <laughs> it sounds like someone you want handling your money, actually. Yeah, no, no, Timothy, I'll hire for him. But why? I, I don't know. He's went out of his way to say you're his favorite part of the show and then proceeded <laughs> to completely disagree with you. I don't know. Maybe he should have given you some love. <laughs> and then mean? he told an anonymous story about a, a celebrity defaulting on a car loan and wouldn't let us guess. Yeah, I know. I thought Alec Baldwin jumped to mind. He said well-known TV personality. Is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, Alec Baldwin Rock. was on 30 Rock. 
No, it, you're right. That's a, He's got the movie thing. TV, Michael J. Fox? No. Uh, he seems like he's pretty buttoned up. No. <laughs> These celebrities have no idea. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe they make their car payments? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I forget. Maybe Brian Kelly gets paid through his agent as well. And you're right. The agent. Yeah, so basically it's an allowance. It's kind of what happens. Like you send your paycheck to the agency and then they cut The agency you. puts it takes into out the their, It takes out their fee and then puts the rest of the account. I don't think that's how it works. Though. His agent no. is Trace Armstrong. I looked it up. Oh, yeah. Who, all the, very famous. One of the coach's agents. So anyway, Brian Kelly. we got to get Brian Kelly Tucker on. Carlson? Was it Tucker Carlson? <laughs> is he in New York? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, nah, he would have had a different edge to his voice if it was Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Maybe. 855-212-4CBS. Hey, it's our buddy Phil in Pennsylvania. What's up, Phil? Hey, Maggie. Hey, Pearl. You get a gift from me this week? We did. We got the jersey, the Randall Cunningham. Now, did you say it's an authentic jersey, Phil? Uh, I'm not sure if it's, like, authentic, but it's, like, a really good quality. It's a starter brand. It's, uh, you know, like, uh, detailed and authenticated, you know, and de- tailored for the NFL. But it's a really nice quality, plus, you know, 30-plus years old. I mean, it's not yeah. game-worn or anything like that. I wish it was, but it's still a good jersey. It's awesome. I love the Pearl bottom of it, it has that stretchy material, like a real jersey. Uh, yeah. Okay, Phil, I have an idea, and I need your permission. Let me hear it. What if I wear the jersey in Philly on Sunday? Would it be allowed? And I'm not going to, you know, I don't party too much, so it'll be safe. Would that be okay? Well, I was thinking if you gave me uh, tickets to that game, maybe. Bill's <laughs> <laughs> no fool. But the thing is, I would just be afraid of not for you, but other people. People would not leave you alone. They would want you to buy it. Someone might spill a beer on it, or someone might just straight out mug you and take it like they did CJ's uh, <laughs> whip. I would oh be my goodness. in a parking lot with 80,000 other Eagles jerseys. That, yeah, no. I know it's a nice jersey, but there'll be 500 other Cunningham jerseys. Wait a minute. No, Phil knows yeah, this but crowd. You have one that's 30 years old. There's, there's one that was made, you know, two weeks ago in Taiwan all over the place. They wouldn't be able to find that one. Are you kidding Plus, me? I don't think it'll really fit you. I think it's a little small. You know, it'd only come, it'd be like a, you know, okay. a belly button shirt for you. There <laughs> yeah. are 4,000 Bill Berge jerseys, and that guy retired in 1982. There's no way... <laughs> All right. It's a good name. Um, all right. I, I can see where Phil's coming from. He sent us his prized Got possession. It. You can't have it in the Eagles parking lot where yeah. people are you Phil, know, puking wearing, up yinglings. I'm wearing the Cunningham jersey. <laughs> <laughs> possession. <laughs> Phil, and I'll pay for it if it gets ruined. It's just so he, dope. I have that, to wear that, it. That's, that's fine, but I still you know, want the signature and stuff for it. Yeah, so. we're, we're working on that. We're working on getting Cunningham right. to sign it. All right, no problem. And, you know... Uh, you know, Phil, I we have it back in the office. The, I personally had the Eagles winning by 17 to 21 points last week, according to my own analysis. So I wasn't too far off. Everyone else was just saying 10 to 14 at most. I had them by more than that. Giddy Ooh, up. I like that. But What uh, do you got this week? This week uh, is all about turnovers. Now, the Eagles three losses this year against Dallas, against Washington, and against New Orleans. Against Washington, they turned the ball over four times. Dallas four times. New Orleans, they gave up a pick six, plus it was Minshew, so, yeah, whatever. Just as long as they didn't turn the ball over, the Eagles will win by double digits. I personally have it at 27-16 Eagles. Whoa. 27-16 Eagles? That sounds pretty good to me. Okay. Well, well, Phil- well also, an- another reason why I came to that conclusion is point differential. The Eagles and uh, San Francisco both have really high point differential. They're ahead in the fourth quarter. 
They other team throws around the ball, you know, passes death, scores touchdowns late, which is why San Francisco has the 20th ranked pass defense. Same thing's true for the Eagles, except for they still have the number one pass defense under that same scenario. So even when teams are trying to pass, they can't. But, Phil, the Niners have the number one run defense. If you take the run game away from the Eagles, it's a little scary. But the Eagles are good enough run and pass to keep it balanced. And plus, that defense hasn't played an offensive line with three pro bowlers. Yeah. Everyone's talking about Dexter Lawrence this, Dexter Lawrence lost Dexter Lawrence this last week. When he was charging up the middle, I remember them showing Jason Kelsey taking him with one arm, throwing him to the ground, and jumping on top of him. I think I'll take our offensive line against him. Granted, they are very good, but they haven't faced a complete team like the Eagles all year. And plus, the Eagles have about a day and a half rest. Eagles played on Saturday. They played on Sunday. Plus, they have to travel five and a half hours and giving up three hours of time differential to get to Philadelphia. They'll be more rested. So I like the Eagles by double digits. Granted, if they don't shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. And don't forget, it's the early game. So and it's, it's an early game, yeah. so that's even better. It's but 3 o'clock like, instead uh, of... Unless the Eagles, you know, shoot themselves in the foot, I like them by double digits. Double digits, wow. Phil, Phil you know, makes a compelling case. And Phil, don't worry. I'll make sure I'll hide the Cunningham jersey so that <laughs> Perloff can't take it to Philly this weekend. It's safe well, with me. I mean, the thing, the thing is, I will still, I mean, even though I won last week, I'll still let him, you know, have fun with it. Okay. Phil, it's in a safe place. We're going to work on the on the signature. Thank you so much. So do you want to announce to the audience that you are going to the game? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely yeah. going to the game. Um, yeah, I don't I don't want to give up where I am because, you know, it's a dangerous place. I don't want to be mobbed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> for, <laughs> what, my, for the Cunningham jersey? My real fear is I'm driving now with my 2018 Honda Accord New York license plate. You got to, like, put an Eagles flag or something yes. up so they know that you're you're one of the, you know, you're, it's not enemies territory. Yeah, I, I think that since we're not playing the Giants, I think I'm okay. Think about what you're saying. No, I know. This does not reflect well on Philadelphia fans. The fact that you just come in with a New York <laughs> license plate and you're a target. Yeah. No, I, that, is the, that is just the beginning of what happens at the link. It is insane. It's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying, and I grew up with season tickets at a veteran stadium. But it's gotten scarier over the years. When I was eight years old, I didn't seem to care as much. But now... <laughs> you thought, I, thought it was cool? I thought it was cool. I, I think the fans are even angrier than they were in the 80s and 90s. I'm Which serious. is funny because you guys just won a Super Bowl in 2017. Some reason... 2018. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to report. It feels like a lot of Eagles fans have embraced the image of Eagles fans. Where back in the day, they were just Eagles fans. Does that make sense? Oh, you're a caricature of yourselves? They become a proud caricature of themselves. So we'll see. And the stadium is so much nicer. The vet was a dump. <laughs> All right. By the way, you had no idea who Bill Berge was, which I thought was interesting. Bill Berge? I do know who he is. Frank LeMaster, Jerry Robinson, the great linebacking core of the 1984 Eagles. I mean, obviously, Perloff. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Thank you, Perloff. We got sound from Travis Kelsey next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.